So I've been wrestling with how I should deliver this message this week. You know, go through the routine of, you know, we're in our fourth week of our Solve 7 series, Summer of Love. Talking about removing the physical barriers to make way for spiritual opportunities. You know, and, I, and uh, jump into scripture and, and talk about how this week we're talking about the physical barrier of caring for the homeless. And so maybe, you know, I started thinking as I was writing and, and I was like, maybe I should just talk about how all of us are homeless. All of us. All of us are homeless until we find our home in Jesus, you know. John fifteen four, make your home in me as I make my home in you. Yeah, I'll go there. I can talk about how all of us are homeless and how all of us, you know, throughout our lives, we all try to make our home in other things. You know, we make our home in other things that we think those other things will, will, will like satisfy and bring us shelter. Like we try to make our home in unhealthy relationships, in sex, in addiction, in consuming more stuff. In the pursuit of more, in success in our careers, you know, thinking that all of this stuff is actually that will bring us shelter and comfort. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And, and, and then, you know, I could go to the Psalms, go Old Testament on you, you know, just really flip it up, you know, and, and, and I could talk about how our real shelter and home can, can only be found in our Lord. Psalm 18, the Lord is my strength, my rock, my savior. My God in whom I find protection, he is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety, my strong and mighty fortress. That'll totally work. And so that's what I did. That's what I started writing. Until I felt this tug on my spirit of what if we actually talked about the homeless? You know, the real numbers, 8,000 children, women, and men that are in emergency shelters right now all throughout the Cincinnati area. You, you know, the countless number of women, men, and children that actually never make it to the shelters and live unprotected in cars and abandoned homes and under bridges and on the streets. What if, what if you talked about that, John? What if Jesus actually meant what he said when he said, care for the least of these, including the homeless? What if we, what if we really looked at it at Isaiah 58, 7 and took that as our marching order, share your food with the hungry and give shelter to those who are homeless? What if we did that? And so that's what I did this week. I studied and I prayed and I studied and I prayed and I dug into what Jesus had to say about caring for the homeless. 
And then I walk the streets uh, around here, downtown, listen to stories. And then I decided to take a step further. Are you surprised by that? I decided to do a little social experiment. And so yesterday, dressed like this, I spent my day at the intersection of 128 and the uh, off-ramp of 275. And I sat down to see what would happen. I learned a couple of things. I learned a lot, actually. I learned a lot of things. I don't know if I would have learned them had I not sat there. We all have opinions about those people that we see on the side of the road. It's humiliating. Absolutely humiliating. To hold that sign. There's a loss of humanity, a loss of dignity. See, people, the ones that look at you, people look at you um, like trash on the side of the road just waiting for someone else to come by and clean it up. And so I sat there. <laughs> and some people gave me some money. I'm going to give it to our missions, don't worry. <laughs> I bought me a steak. This one was my favorite, though, if you can get that. That was a, a wadded up one. This, this one, uh, I guess I didn't get to the car fast enough, so he just threw it at my head. So that was fun. Had some fun people yell at me. That was really fun. Help yourself by getting a job. That helped. Most people, though, didn't, they didn't want to make eye contact with me. And the ones that did, they just looked upon with like a ridicule. A couple people from Whitewater, uh, they stopped. <laughs> And uh, you know who you are. Well done. Some other folks from Whitewater did not stop. 
It's okay. It was one of our staff members. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> actually, one, one of our staff members actually, uh, see, w- w- when you're, uh, you're kind of just sitting there, you, uh, perspective is everything when you lower yourself to the lowest possible place. So you don't really see everything, and you really you rely so much on all your other senses. And I, I could hear a car like, you know how you do, and I do, you know, like, you want to move past the person when they're on the side of the road, so you, they're past you, and you don't have to look at them, and they're awkward, like, oh, please don't look at me. You know? uh, but then the people that kind of stop in front of me. You kind of know without even looking, like I think they're, they're trying to get my attention. And so this one person, I could hear the window going down. And, and so I got up and, and I went over to the car and kept my eyes low like this. And, and it was like a hey. And I looked up and it was one of our staff members. <laughs> and, and his eyes got like, looking at my sign, like, he didn't say this, but I was like, oh, man, did you get fired? (laughs) He didn't say that. He was was just so shocked, like, just like, he was like, dude. I was like, yeah. He was like, you doing a little little study? (laughs) Yeah. And we just kind of like non-verbally just were like, all right. He was like, you were about to get 10 bucks. <laughs> I said, I don't need your money. And then he was like, seriously, like, well, do you need anything? I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. think about a lot of things when you're sitting there. <laughs> Here's something I thought about. Uh, I think that all of us, we're all like two or three bad decisions away from being in a really hopeless situation. I'm guilty of this. I think that we sometimes, we see homeless people and we prejudge And we kind of just see with our eyes the story that the external is narrating. And so you see the dirty and the disheveled and the unkept. And the 
But sitting there, I kind of was like, man, you don't know what I know right now as you look at me. Like, that's, if we could see through different eyes, we'd see, like, that's just my brother. That's just my sister. If we look past all the, like, underneath the clothes, you know, that's, that's just a, a brother, a husband, a son. Could be a, a future teacher, future doctor, future pastor. Underneath the, the mud and the dirt and, and the shame. Just a child of God. Someone wanting a better life. self-inflicted or not, someone wanting to believe that they matter. Underneath all of it, just we're all, all of us, regardless of where we sit in this world, we're all just people longing for hope. And so it just got me thinking, like, what if a community of people trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, what if we slowed down to see people the way that Jesus saw them? Like, what would it look like if we sold out to bringing hope to a broken world, regardless of... of where that journey may take a spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. What if we followed Jesus that way? In Matthew 8, we read about this person that, and they really wanted to follow Jesus and he says, teacher, I will follow you anywhere. And in this text, Jesus kind of like, almost like gives him a warning, like careful what you're about to get yourself into because he says like in verse 20, Matthew 8, he says, foxes have dens to live in, birds have nests, but the son of man, Jesus, but the son of man has no place even to lay his head. Are you sure you want to follow me? Because you're following a homeless Jesus. See, the more that I dug into this, the more I was just studying, like I was fascinated, like how he lived, you know, like, you know, and, and, <laughs> this man ain't got no home. <laughs> like, he just kind of wanted, like, you know, he didn't, t- King of Kings did not have a beautiful two-bedroom, two-bath in Galilee, you know, it, it, he slept in all different types of places, sometimes it was like a tent-like structure, and Sometimes in the home of a stranger, sometimes in the home of a new believer, he depended on the kindness and compassion of others to find shelter. Technically, I hear you, Dr. Grubbs, technically he depended on his Father in heaven to provide for all that he needs, but he did that through the kindness and compassion of other humans, so. I wonder if you and I could do that, you know? Like kind of like just just set off without any money, no smartphone, you know, just kind of walk town to town 
uh, meet people, uh, talk to them, hear, hear their stories, tell people how much God loves them, you know, and hopefully each night uh, try to find a place to sleep. Be like Jesus, you know? Maybe, maybe we could find some people with boats, you know, make some new friends, you know, just because I want to be more like Jesus. Anybody have a boat? Boat people? Yeah? Boat life? Yeah. Can we be friends? I, I just want to be more like Jesus. Take naps on boats. Please send me your email addresses and contact information. About, about this hat, <laughs> um, yeah, Salvation Army, um, and my buddy, Mike, who was with me, he was like, dude, you're not going to wear that hat, right? I, I was like, why? There's nothing wrong with it. You know, he was like, some dude, like, sweat, it's obviously a used baseball hat, like, just, like, dirt, grime, sweat, you're just going to put that? I was like, I don't care, whatever. I ain't got no hair, so it's not like lice is going to get it, you know? <laughs> simple man. So I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Cool. I'll wear this. And then, so I went like this off the little rack, you know, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. I looked to see what size it was. And then inside, can you zoom in here? Can you get that? Isaiah 41.10. He's calling you. And what he's trying to say in Isaiah 41.10 to you right now, sir or madam, is do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am the Lord your God. I will strengthen you, and I will lift you up with my mighty right hand. So I was like, yeah, this is totally the hat I'm wearing. <laughs> and so I, as I sat there on the side of the road, I... Um, I kind of got broken with this one thought that kept just playing over and over, is um, how can we worship a homeless man on Sunday but then ignore one on Monday? That one wrecked me. Now, some of you may think that I'm being a little dramatic, you know, sitting on the side of the road, dressed up like this, you know, a little too dramatic, John, or one of my favorite words, a little too theatrical. <laughs> you know that he calls you to lean into the calling he placed on your life with the way he made you. What you don't know is I made a commitment and promise to God that I will use everything I have, every ounce of talent, creativity, prop, idea, to bring as many people to the foot of Jesus as possible. I don't do this for you. I do it for him. And so by all means, that's scripture, by the way, by all means possible, so that we may save some for the sake of the gospel.
And it turns out, I'm not the first pastor to do this. Uh, this crazy other bald guy named David Vaughn, he's done some pretty crazy things. I fact-checked it. I went back and looked at the archives. He did some crazy things up here to tell people about Jesus. And then I thought about more of another crazy pastor and teacher that did all sorts of dramatic things and used props. His name was Jesus. His props were just a little more agricultural, a little 4-H friendly, a mustard seed, a fig tree, goats, sheep, illustrations. He called them parables. Whatever it takes, by all means, to save some. There's this one that, uh, that Jesus shared in Matthew 25. And these are his words, not mine. This is Matthew 25, verse 31. He says, but when the Son of Man, that's a title Jesus used for himself, but, but when Jesus comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right and the goats at his left. Some of you are wondering right now, am I on the right or the left? Is it his right or my left? And then verse 41 And then Jesus will turn to those on his left and he say, away with you, you cursed ones, into, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home and I was naked and you didn't clothe me and I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And, the, and of course, those people will be like, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry you know, and thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or, or in prison and, and we didn't help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Like family, I really want us to wrestle with this. This is like the foundation of everything the way forward. I'm wanting us to bend our ears to what the, the Father is saying, to posture our heart to be like His. To really wrestle with what does it mean to follow you? to love like you, to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, I'll do whatever you ask me to do so that you could break my heart first so that I could love more like you. I think sometimes for us it's hard to like, um, to, to love the homeless. Uh, maybe that uh, because many of us have never truly been homeless. We, we've never lived on the streets, like truly. You know, so, some of you have. Some of you are listening to this message right now and I am not being tone deaf because I know some of you right now, I've talked to you, you've lost your home 
and you are displaced and you are battling to try to get back into your home. And you know that we're with you. But for a lot of us, right, like we, we don't, that's not our, that's way outside of what our reality is. And so, and so I think that it's a little easier to love those who, who live and look like us, who struggle like us. It's easier to, if your struggle is my struggle, then I, I have compassion for you and so I can love you. It's, it's a little easier So what about everybody else? If you think about it, you know, like what about everybody else, especially for those of us who have been blessed with much, then much is expected, right? What about those who struggle differently than us? Who's going to love them? Because I sat, as I sat there, like, I was thinking about how the same grace and goodness that we swim in every day like we're called to share that grace and that goodness to those who struggle is very different to those who they're not swimming they're drowning that that same grace and goodness is meant for those who it is the hardest for us to love see he didn't show favorites he didn't he didn't say, no, no, not them. I won't show my grace to them. His grace was for everybody, everybody. He, he, as the nails were going in, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Huh. What kind of faith Really, like the gut check that I had to look in the mirror when I got home and Kelly was like, you stink. (laughs) I did, it's fine. I looked in the mirror and I just kind of like, just kind of broke down and I was really convicted um, of all the number of times that I don't get this right. I had to wrestle through like what kind of faith do I have when I limit who I show grace and hope to. In James 2, verse 14, it says this. It's just, it's just a letter to, to Jesus' followers. It says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? It says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. 
unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. See, I, I, I am convicted um, that we sit in this oh, beautiful facility that so many of you have sacrificed for to provide a safe place to hear a dangerous message. Praise God. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, sometimes, hear my words, sometimes and if we're not careful, this beautiful facility and the speakers and the lights and the huge screen and the stuff and the, and the 18 inch padded foam seats and, and we can just sit and we can hear a message about love and compassion and we can hear and we can sit and listen and sit and read and sit and learn when we have not been called to do that we've been called to go and make. We can't just see the problem. Every, everybody sees the problem. As Jesus people, we are called to step into the problem, to step into the situation, to be a part of changing it from the inside out. To be sent out as ambassadors of hope. To make those struggling, to make those struggling known to us as friend. To let them know that they matter. What if instead of disassociating, we associated with to extend love and compassion and mercy and kindness? Not when it's convenient, but whenever it is needed. When it's messy and dirty, when it's hard, when it's not our favorite, when it doesn't fit into our schedule, when it requires sacrifice, when it it doesn't benefit us, when it doesn't enhance our portfolio of awesomeness, look, what I, look at my year-end giving, charitable giving, look how well I did. I wanna let you in on a little secret. Hope is for everyone. And so, Last February, when the elders gathered together and they officially affirmed me as your next pastor, and then we worked on a communication plan and we rolled it out a couple weeks ago, all that stuff, but back in February when it was affirmed, I started praying, like 
praying, praying that God would break us. Me first. He would destroy our hearts. He would break us in every way possible so that our hearts would be broken for the stuff that breaks his. I started just praying this prayer over and over. Just break down our walls of comfort. Break down our walls of pride. Break down our walls of preference. Break us down to dust. And I did that because I love you. Because I know when he's done that in my life, it's only made me stronger. It's scriptural too. It's what Peter went through. You can look it up. When he went through the sifting process. Because I know that when we break down, he's a good father and he'll pick us back up and he'll build us back He'll leave those other pieces on the ground and he'll build us into more of the women and the children and the men that we were created to be. And so I've just been praying this break us so that we could be a transformed people because transformed people transform people. And so all throughout this series, I was like, oh, what a gift. And I really did. We're not that good. We didn't plan it like this. <laughs> like the, the next series coming out of the announcement would be like, the big push of solve seven and loving our neighbor well. And so I've just been praying through this, just break us, just break us, just break us, just break us. Help me to see with your eyes. Help us to love with your heart. Help us to respond with your hands and feet. And friends, please hear me. We have come so far as a ministry, so far. Oh my gosh, it's, it's mind-blowing the things that God has done through his little local church in Cleves, Ohio. Mind-blowing. But there's still so much work to do. Otherwise, he would return. He doesn't delay for his benefit, but for ours. All we have to do is step outside and ask him to help me to see like you see and then just walk next door, just walk through your neighborhood, walk downtown, and you will be smacked in the face of brokenness. You will be face to face looking into the desperate eyes of people just longing for hope. I called a couple of the elders before I uh, did all this. I said, am I crazy? And I loved it. Both of them, they, they one, I love that they both said, uh, I'm not going to name them. You can come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> they said, John, if anybody gives you any crap, you send them to me. I did it. I said, do it. They said, challenge us, John. We need it. Push us, John. Don't let us be comfortable. It's like, what about Bob, right? You got to do baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. 
All right. So here's what I'm asking. I need us to be a prepared people. You know, when Joshua was about to lead his people over to the other side that God had promised him, he said, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow we take the land that's been promised to us. So prepare yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. I want us to be a prepared people when it comes to the homeless. To not be reactionary. To already know that, man, I don't know their story, so I'm not going to I'm not going to start playing the movie and acting like I know. But I'm going to be, you know, prepared. And so my call of action, the baby step, is that if you see someone struggling, in need, homeless, that you're prepared to respond. That you've, you, you, you've prepared, I get it, I hear it, I hear it. Well, well John, what if it's just a con man? What if, what if they're drunk? But for the grace of God, there go I. Yeah, they may be drunk. You get drunk for lesser reasons. That drunk may, may be, but they're also made in the image of God. We just have to ask ourselves, how will we respond, not how will we prejudge, how will we respond when our story intersects with theirs? Because and, 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 I, I, I think a lot of the times when we see somebody in need, it, it, here's the deal, it, Jesus isn't inviting us into a moment to change their lives, he's inviting us into a moment to change ours. He's saying, how will you respond when you see someone in need? He's not inviting you in solely for you to change the condition of their life, he's looking at the condition of your heart. So how will you respond when you see the need? Hebrews uh, 13.2 says, hey, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Um, and I love this. For some uh, who have done this have actually entertained angels without realizing it. You never know who you're helping when you choose to help. Could be your pastor on the side of the road. Were we able to help and did we? Out of an overflow of what God is doing in our heart. Just break us, just break us, just break us. So that we can love really like with his love. 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, 1 John 3.16 says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person?
It's his words. So will we posture our hearts to be available and be prepared to help? Well, what if they're just gonna use their money to get drugs, John? All right, well, if you're convicted about this, that's fine, that's cool. Uh, don't give money. I don't, I, I actually. I, I don't give money. I, I, I just buy people food and, and I talk with them and I see if there's anything they need. And so if you see someone in need, this is what I'm asking you to do. If you see someone in need, pull your car over to the side of the road and simply say, hey, I'd like to get you some food. Are you hungry? And if they say yes, then go get them food. It's pretty simple. Another thing, and this is great for those of you with families, this is so beautiful, a way to be, you know, intentional is to, to put together some care bags with your family, you know, like put in some granola bars and, you know, apples and bread. I know you got to watch to make sure it's not expired. Don't give out moldy bread and food, please. Come on. You know, so change it out. Put, put some, you know, non-perishable food and a bottle of water and some sanitary wipes and you can get those little cop paper copies of the New Testament. You can put that in there or just the gospels. And, and then, you know, just write on a piece of paper, just a simple note of just, hey, you matter and you are loved. Have your kids draw a picture. You have no idea what just a picture could bring joy. So that if you see somebody, you're not caught off guard, just like, hey, hey, here. If you're a little crazy like me, <laughs> you, you, you can always just like pull over and ask them like, hey, like, 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 what do you need? Like, what, other than money, like, what, what do you need? And then just take them to the store. <laughs> Kelly hates it when I do this. <laughs> My gosh. There's this, there's this guy. I used to work uh, downtown. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I, I, I used to drive this old Jeep, and uh, I would always have the doors off. And so I'll drive around downtown, and, and I would always see this one guy. His name was Sheldon. And Sheldon, uh, he lived on the streets. He was a crackhead, like legit. And, um, and so I would just see him almost every day and get to know him and, and talk to him, not because I'm righteous. Please, if you all know me, know me. I got all sorts of messed up stuff in my, in my life. Like, this is just something that I just like man, I'm going to talk to this dude because I get it. He was doing bad things in the same neighborhoods that I used to do bad things. And so I was like, I, I, I get it, man. And so I, I would. I'd take him like, man, you hungry? Like, come on, get in. And like he would jump in the car and we'd go to McDonald's. And I was like, what do you need? You need some smokes? And I was like, all right, come on, let's get. I know you're going to get emails about that. That's fine. We can talk through that. <laughs> we can talk through that if that's what you're going to get out of this message. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I take him to Dollar General and I, you know, and so it just became a normal. And so uh, <laughs> one time um, I was doing a staff meeting at the church I was working at and I was going downtown for our staff meeting and I saw Sheldon and the, the team behind me, this beautiful, I'm not going to say their name because sometimes they watch, uh, this beautiful young woman in uh, our staff was behind me and we got to a red light and Sheldon was on the corner. And again, through the eyes of someone who does not know, all they saw was this very ragged homeless man run and jump into my Jeep. 
immediately my, like, my phone is just like going on and she's like texting and I'm like, I didn't even respond, I wanted her to sweat, so. <laughs> and I finally told her, I was like, I know him. Be smart about it, be wise about it, but um, what are you willing to do to actually get into the mess? Not to change their life, we don't have that power, but to show them love, to show them compassion. to care for the least of these. Be prepared. Uh, My big ask, because some of you have been like, what's the big ask? I just realized I gotta make sure I hit that K on that word, because otherwise it would sound like something else. I just heard it. I was like, man, I'm gonna get a lot of emails this week. Dang. Ask. Here's the big ask. Now some of you get it now, you're like, oh. (laughs) So we partnered to try to remove this barrier uh, in caring for the homeless. We partnered with City Gospel um, of Cincinnati. And if you don't know City Gospel Mission, it's a Christ-centered organization that's trying to break the cycle of homelessness throughout Cincinnati. And right now, one of their greatest needs right now is underwear. (laughs) Think about that. So here's the deal. This is what I'm asking you to do. All right, um, cut to the chase. I need 5,000 pairs of underwear. That that could be done like this, like this. Just like that. 5,000 pairs of underwear, this is what I need. We're gonna roll up in the name of Jesus and dump a truckload of underwear and say God bless. What's next? For those of you that are like, I don't know, that seems like an awful lot. Well, do the math. We have thousands of people, um, both online and in the room, and and, uh, a five pack, look it up, a five pack of Hanes, I know I'm doing pricey stuff, Hanes underwear um, is $16.99. Okay, $16.99, Let, let's break it down to the reality and like real, real, real talk. Um, I'm asking you to sacrifice one night this week to not order your original deluxe pizza from La Rosa. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> one night, I'm asking you to sacrifice that because that actually costs more than the five pack. Um, it just is what it is. One night, and use that money to actually buy a five pack and bring it in. Bring it in next weekend and the week after that. You have two Sundays to do this. You can come in Monday through Sunday as well, office hours, you can drop them off then. Those of you online, you can just literally go online, order it, and ship it straight to the church. Some of you can do more than one pack of underwear, I'm very aware, but I think all of us can do a pack of underwear. And so I'm just gonna, we're just gonna fill the hallways with just underwear. Be ridiculous, but praise God. And so um, it's just a simple way that we can just say, no, we're in the game. Both individually, we're gonna be prepared and we're gonna be proactive on how we will respond when we see someone in need, but organizationally, we're going to respond with other organizations who have already figured it out and are already doing great work in the name of Jesus. 
Like, I, I, I can't imagine. Like, it, it would blow my mind if we couldn't do 5,000 pairs of underwear. It wouldn't even make sense to me. So working together, we'll smash that goal. I'll give you a praise report. Don't worry. Don't worry. We are getting in this game. Period. We are in the hope business for everyone. And together, we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. This isn't a maybe and if or should we. This is what we are doing. This is what we're called to. And so let's do this together. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for how you love us. I thank you for your abundance of love and grace and mercy. Jesus, help us to look kindly upon those who are in need. Help us to respond with action, with with compassion and grace. Help us to be great ambassadors of hope. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Sure, go ahead. Praise God.